0: fallout from the san francisco 49ers loss on monday night football to the minnesota vikings what went wrong are there some leaky holes in this ship that i think the 49ers need to fix maybe the rest of the season maybe before the trade deadline is over all that more coming up on today's locked on 49ers
1: you are locked on 49ers your daily san francisco 49ers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you as usual at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Appreciate all of the everydayers out there. Thank you guys so much. And to make sure you all and welcome to all the new listeners are subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast, a very special weekly guest we will introduce in just a moment. I, I want to let everybody know first that today's episode of Locked On 49ers. Is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKED ON NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. For those of you longtime listeners, you know this is a Winky Wednesday. Our very special weekly guest, Mr. Nicholas Winkler, my former radio colleague, and we did a podcast together for a while that predated Locked On 49ers. So I like to bring Nick on every week. The quote unquote voice of the fan, who no doubt, uh, we got some wink in the stink with uh, following a loss in this episode. And, um, and and wink, the uh, the listeners are stinking on you a little bit for some of your predictions that have been 100% correct so far in the win and loss column in the 2023 season. So, uh, Nicholas Winkler, appreciate you joining us once again. And first of all, Nick, what do you have to say for yourself, for those listeners? And it was endless during the Monday Night Football game. It was like tagging, it was like, at BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker, at Bay Area Wink. Come on, (laughs) Wink, how are you going to pick the loss against the the Vikings? And they're getting pretty mad at you right now because you are 7 for 7, 100% correct on your preseason predictions for the 49ers win losses. What do you have to say for
1: yourself? Uh, you're welcome, because, you know, it, it ends with sixth, right? It ends with the championship, guys. Yeah, let's, exactly. Let's remember that. If this continues along the path, we're in for a really, really great stretch of football after the bye. But it's just, it's, just, it was really funny actually watching all of the tweets, because it was just like one after the next. Just like you said, so many people. My favorite one was when someone called me a witch. Like, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them were really quite funny. Uh, yeah, it was, you know, what a football game, right? It was it was exciting. It, it was back and forth. It was, again, with the Niners having the opportunity to win a football game. Uh, and they couldn't do it. And I, I could sit here all day and we could pick apart this and we could complain about that and some bad calls and this and that. But let's just be frank about it. Kirk Cousins beat us. Like, he had a great football game. He went out there. He did what he needed to do with backups without his best player, and and beat the 49ers football team that claims to have an amazing defense who just got picked apart, you know, one pass at a time over and over and over. And they were like the worst rushing team coming in. And they, they averaged like three and a half a carry. Like, it, it was not a great performance by this 49er defense. And also not by Brock Purdy. I mean, you can't win many football games when you turn the ball over three times. Like, plain and simple, that's football 101. And when you have a special teams gaffe, when you miss a field goal, like – Everything that kind of could go wrong for the 49ers in this game did. And they lost. And now, you know, it's time to head home, take on Cincinnati. Like, let's let's all just take a deep breath. Stop blame. I like a lot of people blame me, too. Like, it it was your fault. You put this in the universe. Like, I just read the script, guys. I was just reading what was in front of me. I
0: mean, it's a great point because you're welcome. Because if Wink's predictions continue, that means there's another L coming three in a row. Five wins followed by three losses. This one to the Cincinnati Bengals before the 49ers go on a run again and eventually win the Super Bowl. So you hope Wink's predictions remain 100% correct, even though it might sting one more week. Crock, sleeping on it now. Do you, because two weeks ago or even more, you know, further back than that, it was like, oh, well, at least we can put to bed the conversations about Kirk Cousins in the 49ers because Brock (laughs) Purdy playing so great. And now it's like, have you, you remember the, uh, there's like that, that gif the meme of a uh, big bird kicking open the door did <laughs> Kirk Cousins just kick the door wide open again for those, for that speculation. And, and potentially could we see Kirk Cousins in San Francisco?
2: Uh, I think Brock Purdy would have to continue to play exactly how he did over the last two weeks, which uh, you know, some good moments, you see him make some good plays and either maybe some guys don't come down with the play or you see a fumble here and there, or some erratic throws as well. And uh, if you get a mixed bag of that enough and his uh, inability to come through in the clutch when you absolutely need him the most, if he shows throughout the year, like, you know, I'm, 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 this is the highest level I can play at, I can definitely see Kyle Shanahan pivoting. You know, I told you about the text that I got from Greg Penelli and Greg says, Kirk Cousins is going to be on that flight home with the 49ers. And, he, you know, he's kind of halfway joking, but part of it is, I could I could see a scenario where Kyle Shanahan was watching him on the other side of the field and just saying, I, I just love everything about him. And I think he loves a lot about what he's seen from Brock Purdy so far. He's had a lot of stellar play, but also there's still a lot of unknown in how to handle you know certain situations. And I think you can use this, these last two weeks as experience, and I think even in the L's, like, that's a good experience for Brock Purdy. But also it's probably still hard to kind of watch Kirk Cousins on the other side of the field dice you up.
0: It's funny how the storylines in the NFL are cyclical and how you think you know something about the league and it's going to get flipped on its ear within a week, potentially uh, for sure within a few months or within a season. And do you remember the conversation with Brock Purdy all off season long? It was like, man, some of these, you know, turnover worthy throws, he's making got away with a lot. um, And are are they going to ever come back to haunt him? And then we've seen that in the last couple of weeks. And then it's like, um, Oh man, I don't know. You know, Brock Purdy coming off a, an elbow injury. You know, are, are we are we sure that it's gonna be Brock Purdy this year? And and will that affect him at all during the season? And then Troy Aikman, like the elbow thing I'd completely forgot about almost. Troy Aikman during the yeah. broadcast drops a little nugget saying, uh, Brock Purdy's still not hundred percent back from his from his elbow. I was like, wait a second, what what now? What is going on? So now we gotta worry about Brock's elbow again, gotta worry about turnovers. And it's like all the stuff we had talked about all offseason that we'd kind of forgotten about and gotten over have now kind of crept back in with with Brock Purdy in that whole conversation and remember all the Trey Lance stuff and obviously Trey Lance is not around anymore so we don't have to worry about you know people saying oh we got to go back to Trey Lance now but uh I just think it's wild where we end up every season because you think you know you're riding a little too high after five wins you're getting sized for your for your Super Bowl rings right for the 49ers after five weeks and we're trying to nitpick the team all we could. There was nothing we could say bad about the team. It's like, oh, man, did they peak
1: early maybe? And maybe they did peak early because now it's looked like a completely different team in the last couple of weeks. I mean, I don't know if you saw what Fred Warner said after the game, but he had, he nailed it. He's just like, look, we got to find a way to win these, what do you call them, grimy games. Grimy. Like-
0: yeah, I got the quote right here. He said, uh, we got to find a way to win those grimy games. Obviously, we can win 30 to 10, but what are we going to do when we're down? And uh, and again, that was one of the questions we kind of had, right? With the Forty Nineers after the first five weeks, it's like, well, we haven't really seen them. They the game scripts have been perfect, you know. When you're able yeah. to to bully teams and you're up and have a second half lead, it's a lot easier than when you're playing from behind. And so we still need to see that statement, Brock Purdy from behind win. I think that would make people feel a lot better.
2: Or is it more well, the two coming from from behind, behind opportunities? You you kind of have to rely on the younger guys, and and maybe that's just part of their. Uh, experience and and growth, right? Uh, you know, Brock Purdy did not play well. And I gave him a game ball because I like how he fought through the adversity in Cleveland and still at the end of the day, you know, you kind of gave you an opportunity to win. You lost on a missed field goal by a rookie, uh, Jake Moody. And then you look at this game where Brock Purdy had a couple opportunities at the end of the game yeah. and he turned the ball over twice. Uh, you know, I think you have to kind of fight through those grimy moments. And it's just a part of, the, the story that will make it so much more beautiful when the 49ers do eventually hoist that 6 Lombardi and you'll start to think like, man, remember you know, week 6, week 7 when Brock Purdy was kind of, started to get a little erratic, games started to get away from him a little bit down the stretch in those games, maybe high pressure, but now look how he deals with his pressure packed situations he's much more prepared for it because of what he went through on the road against Cleveland in the rain and those elements and against uh, Minnesota Vikings with the Crowd doing that skull chant.
1: Remember when we were so mad at Wink week seven and week six <laughs> for predicting those L's, and now we're standing here with a championship. I mentioned the Kyle Shanahan thing because this is a stat from Action Network 49ers are now 0 and 36 under Kyle Shanahan when trailing by eight plus points in the fourth quarter in the regular season and the playoffs. Ouch.
0: That's, I mean, all coaches are going to have a really bad record in that scenario because that's, but there's you know, zero. Wins. At, yeah, that's because that's at least a touchdown. Plus, you have to hit the, uh, the the two pointer, or you have to score twice in the fourth quarter. You're down, and that's with the other team not scoring. So that's a difficult scenario to come back from. But at least do it once. Once, come, I mean, back, come on, win.
1: yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. And everybody's mad at the defense today, and I hear a lot of Steve Wilkes, blah blah blah, get him out of there. And it's like it's still uh, a pretty high ranking on all that defense. They just couldn't get any pressure last night. That was the thing. He was dialing up blitzes. He was trying. They were stunting. They were doing everything they could. Credit to the Minnesota Vikings offensive line. They they, they did a great job last night. They did.
2: That I, I think this loss is more on the offense. I mean, yeah. It, listen, agreed. everything in the NFL in today's day and age is catered towards scoring points. The offense being better, the offense being efficient, can't breathe on a guy on the defensive side Mm -hmm. of the ball. So I expect mishaps to happen. And if you lose games, um, you know, these last two weeks because your defense gives up 19 points and 22 points, I'm sorry. But I got to look at the offense and see what are they not doing to score more points. And I don't expect the offense to be perfect all the time, but I expect the offense to always put the 49ers defense in a better position because it is so hard to play defense. So when they are shutting teams out, playing lights out, only giving up 10 points to the Dallas Cowboys, you know, hey, that's a plus that's a bonus because more times than not, it's going to be difficult to hold teams below 20 points. Yep. This is an offensive yeah. driven league. I'm putting the pressure on Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers offense to just score a few more points. So you can help the defense out when maybe they don't just crush an opposing offense
0: we got to get into all of this and all of the whys on why this is happening on defense, why this is happening on offense. And I think we might get a little closer and, and plug in some of those leaky holes. Next. Today's episode of lockdown. 49ers is brought to you by game time. Download the game time app. So you don't have to worry about when you're buying tickets, buying tickets to the, a big event should be exciting. You should be a hassle free process to get you and your friends, your family, whoever you're going to see this event with, whether it's sports, music, comedy theater events near you make it hassle-free with game time killer last minute deals all in prices views from your seat and their best price guarantee game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of your 49ers football games comedy uh concerts whatever it is that you want to uh whatever whatever you want to see out there go get those tickets even last minute tickets even tickets After the event has started, you get to see your view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices up front. You don't have to deal with those hidden fees. That is the worst thing about buying tickets these days. And just in a couple of taps, get your tickets. They're on the app. You don't have to go fishing through your email to find your tickets when you arrive at the event. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, so uh, I, I have a, a few things here, and it's it's amazing how it all ties together because the the Vikings punted one time. So clearly the defense wasn't giving the ball back to the offense. The offense didn't have as many drives as they should have had to put more points, more than 17 points up on the board. And the offense wasn't great when they did get the ball back uh, aside from a couple of drives. But then why was the defense on the field so much? So what was happening there was, and, and to my eye So this is what this is my hypothesis and what was happening. Why Steve Wilkes, who's under fire right now, was calling the game a certain way. Uh, There were comments after the Cleveland game. Kyle Shanahan said he was not happy with the way the team defended the run. So what do you do going into this game? And especially once the game starts and in the first half, they're having some success running against your defense. What do you do? Well, you can't recklessly rush the passer and give up your gaps in the run game. I saw a lot of Nick Bosa making sure he was controlled because Nick Bosa is a big one. was like, okay, you're paying him a billion dollars and he's not getting you any sacks in this football game. You're paying him to beat even good tackles, Uh, and the the Vikings do have good tackles. But a lot of his snaps, Nick Bosa, even on pass passing down snaps, um, he's trying to control his man and control his gap and maybe even bull rush his way to the quarterback rather than you know just try to try to win whatever whatever pass rush moves were necessary, whatever means were necessary. So. I think you can't, you're not stopping the run with your traditional looks. So now you have to give up some pass rush ability to make sure you're stopping the run better, but you got to get after the quarterback still. So what do you do? Well, now you got to bring more pressure and now you bring more pressure. And now that leaves your, your guys in the back end a little bit more exposed. So it it all goes together and it all starts with stopping the run. My question would be, why is Steve Wilkes' defense? This hasn't been a problem for the 49ers. Why are they having a little bit of a, an issue stopping the run without giving up anything else on the defensive side of the ball. That would be that would be my first fix on the defensive side of the ball. Then you have to blitz less. Then you have more guys in coverage, and it all kind of fixes itself.
2: Well, well to be honest, when you look at kind of the box score, and I know Minnesota had a couple, you know, really nice runs early in this game. I think Madison's 19-yard run came on like the first and second drive. But mm-hmm. even even including those runs. They, they only average 3.5 yards per carry. Like, that's not, that's not bad. <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're office, I mean, you look at even Cam Akers, he averaged 3.1 yards per carry. Uh, you can't take away Madison's uh, long carry of 19 yards, but outside of that one, he had seven other carries for a grand total of 20 yards. You know, it's not like the 49ers really got gashed on the ground the entire time. So if there were adjustments that they wanted to make from last week to this week, I think outside of, one run that was 19 yards and we're still not even talking about a 30 or 40 yard, you know, busted run for a touchdown. I think they they performed fairly well against the, the run. I, the issue to me was third down passing, uh, which their third down passing defense was pretty atrocious.
1: Yeah, what was it? Eight of thirteen on third downs for for Minnesota. Yeah. Like that's fantastic for them. You know, that's that's when you got to get off the field. It seemed like almost every time, I mean, you know, you look at the numbers, the 49ers could not get off the field on mm-hmm. third down. And that to me was the biggest issue for the defense.
0: Croc, I, I wanted to get your opinion real time of the the pass interference on I think it was on Lenore, right? Against uh against Jordan Addison in the end in zone. In the end zone? Yeah, and Jordan Addison's pushing off with his right arm, and so if a guy's pushing off on you as a DB croc, because I know you got feelings about this as a as a former defensive back, if the wide receiver's pushing off with his arm against you, you're not allowed to touch the arm that he's touching you with, or it's a penalty
2: on you, the defender. I hate that, and that's a huge call. Yep, which goes towards what I said earlier. The NFL is geared towards offense. And the defense is at a major disadvantage, especially on the back end. You can't hit a guy too hard that's running over the middle. You know, you, you can't you can't make any type of contact. If a guy does a double move on the outside like they did against Ward, if you collision with the guy to prevent him from going up top, like that's a flag in the NFL. That's only an NFL issue. That's not college. That's not high school. College and high school, you can collide on that. And you're good as long as the ball's not in the air. Which it wasn't at the point of the double move. But NFL, they're gonna throw a flag. They've geared it towards scoring more points. So uh instead of me watching that play on Colin uh, call on Lenore or on Ward and complaining about it, 49ers, why don't you get you some of that and score more than there 17 points? So that that's just the, that's yeah. the way I view it. Use this to your advantage when everything that they're doing is geared towards really helping you out.
1: And is a guy like Danny Gray the answer to that, right? A guy with massive speed that can get past the guy and just kind of throw it deep, throw it past him, right? Let him try to run after it, see if somebody's going to grab him.
2: No, 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 no. The, the answer to it is why not target Brandon you your route runner, who is savvy, who does create space, who is going to uh, apply pressure on guys. Why not target him more than one time in the second half?
0: That's a good right. call. I, I, I want to get uh, much more into this on the offensive side of the ball. And I think speed is one of the things that I noticed on Monday night football uh, that the 49ers didn't have enough of out on the field in certain situations. And um, I just will say the last little thing about the defense is the, the thing we know about the 49ers is they're good at stopping the run. They can get pressure with four. And then that allows them to make more plays on the back end. They have not been able to do that. They didn't, they weren't able to do that at all. Uh, against the Vikings. That's something that, uh, whatever, if it's Steve Wilkes, is the way he's calling the defense. It sounded like Kyle and even Nick Bosa after the game, they they didn't, they were asked questions about the certain calls and it, body language, the way they answered it, didn't feel like they loved that. So uh, back to the drawing board a little bit on, on some of those things. Wink.
1: One more thing on defense, too. It, it seemed like, yeah, when you don't get any pressure, it exposes the secondary. They got to run with guys longer than they normally have to. Mm-hmm. And then it seemed like every time, the 49ers were getting frustrated with that. They'd send a blitz, and Minnesota would counter it with a screen because that screen game was on point last night, and it was tearing the 49ers' defense apart.
0: Tackling, too, just simple things, right? Maybe, mm. maybe they got to go back to, to OTAs with some of the practices this week. All right, uh, next, let's talk about the offense. Is there a lack of speed? What is happening? Uh, and, and is it all just missing Debo, missing Trent Williams? Next. Today's episode of Locked on 49ers is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs these days. Every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business and you always want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And why would you not go to the place with the biggest pool of talent, right? It's not like NFL teams when they go try to find uh players, they don't leave out the, the D2 guys or the D3 guys. They don't they don't just look at uh, players from the Big Ten, right? They want to see everybody everywhere, every prospect, turn over every rock. And so why not go to the marketplace where there's the most job seekers like LinkedIn? I'm on LinkedIn. You're on LinkedIn. Wink's on LinkedIn. And all you do is you add your purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and it spreads the word that you're hiring. And then utilize simple tools like screening questions. Make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience for you to eventually interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode also brought to you by prize picks daily fantasy made easy prize picks is the most fun you will have playing daily fantasy football this season. And while you're having all that fun, you can win 25 times your money and all you do is you select two or more players and you pick more than or less than on their projected stats. For example, you think, Hey, Kirk Cousins is going to torch the San Francisco 49ers on Monday Night Football. I'm going to go more than on those passing yards. People might look at you a little sideways, but guess what? You could have made uh, up to 25 times your money if you're stacking those correct picks on top of each other. And Prize Picks has something nobody else has in the daily fantasy sports universe that is, Prize Picks reboot policy for injuries. So, even if you have a player who gets hurt in the first half of a game, doesn't return in the second half for NFL games and for college football top 25 matchups, that player is rebooted. And Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with that injury insurance. So, go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL or download the app. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that is pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100 price picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay. Uh, I got to go back to the, the purdy, the first purdy interception and man, I, I don't know if there, if it's a coaching point, if it's uh, just a talent thing, but watching Juwan Jennings run a route that you could have timed on a sundial and not having Debo Samuel in the lineup, I think speed is a factor. I don't know if it's Danny Gray. I don't know if it's you got to get Ronnie Bell on the field more. Uh, I don't know if you got to make a trade at the deadline, but I've talked about it for a couple of years now. Can we officially put Juwan Jennings in the tight end room and not the wide receiver room because – I mean, he's a good blocker. He's a good player. But having him as the first man up to replace Debo Samuel, who is so explosive, I mean, that was a stark difference. And I don't know if it was the only, the, the biggest difference, the main difference. Uh, I don't know if it, it, how much Debo would have mattered, but he would have mattered. And the, the, you just need – the 49ers need more speed on offense. Even when you have Christian McCaffrey and you have Debo and you have Brandon IU, there, there's an element that some teams have. And you see Jordan Addison just being slippery and making plays in the, even with, with Brandon Ayuk. sometimes I feel like the 49ers don't have that guy with just a little bit more speed and especially a number three, number four guy when one of your main guys is out.
2: I think the 49ers have prioritized very, very, very specific traits uh, to mirror that or mirror that with how Kyle Shanahan wants to run his offense. So it's really more predicated on, one, are you aggressive and are you a blocker? I think that's probably like his number one trait. Then you have to be smart because you have to really know all the different positions. And then on top of that, you know, uh, can you just get to these spots? And then your extra ability uh, is when it kicks in. So when you start talking about speed or, you know, all those things, like I feel like that's kind of like third or fourth. Because then that just kicks in the run-after-catch aspect of what you do. And if you go back to even Juwan Jennings when he was coming out of Tennessee, he was a terrific run-after-catch guy. Matter of fact, I believe him and Brandon Ayuk were like one and two in all of you know, college football with their running run-after-catch, even though Jennings ran a 4-7 or, or whatever it was when he was coming out of Tennessee. So I think when you look at – even uh, uh, Jennings and how maybe the timing was thrown off of that when that interception, he, I saw somebody, I think it was my guy, Rich Madrid on Twitter. And he kind of was like, man, what the heck is this crappy route? Like, why do you do this kind of, and he's like, well, Juwan Jennings isn't a speed guy and he's not going to create his separation with speed. So he has to give little nuanced things to create a little bit more separation. He had a corner that was a little heavy inside leverage. So he gave an inside a outside stab before, cutting to try to widen the corner to create more of a window for him. Like at least that's what it looked like to me when I saw what he did and how he was trying to do it. And that timing right there just might be the difference between uh, a completion and what ended up being an interception.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I think you're right. And I I think you're right also, uh, Peacock, when it comes to where's the speed, right? I mean, they got Powell also there in Minnesota who looked super quick, super fast, you know, great hands, making some great plays, and, and the 49ers have guys like that, right? I want to see more Ronnie Bell. I know that, you know, his his short time that he's gotten in the 49er offense in the regular season hasn't been great. But we saw flashes of it, right, in the preseason. We've seen what what he has the ability to do. And and Danny, great. Nowhere to be found, right? Is that is that like a doghouse kind of thing? Like, are you cat early in his career where he's not doing enough? Like, I need some answers on this. There's
0: there's a couple of interesting injuries. And Danny Gray's injury's been long enough to where he's his practice window should be open given his sure. uh, was it AC joint sprain or whatever he had in the preseason. It's been months, right? So mm-hmm. um even with an eight month or I mean an eight week uh recovery time, he should be back to ready to play right now and, and at least ready to practice. So it feels like they're stashing Danny Gray. It feels like they're stashing drill Luter, the fifth round uh draft pick. Um so does, does that mean they're going to be on the trade market for those positions potentially? Are those guys going to be the, the trade as they, they add those to it and, and look, Danny Gray's fast. He's got 40 times speed, but I'm not even talking about like track speed. I'm just talking about play speed, you know, guys mm-hmm. that can separate, make a play. Um, and, you know, John Jennings doesn't have that. And when you look at the way on that specific play, uh, Brock Purdy's throwing it, like I use running the route instead of, cause Brock, Brock Purdy's superpower is that anticipation. And so, you know, if you don't know if a guy's going to make a duck outside and be slow getting to the spot, you you got a rusher in your face. You got to get rid of the football and throw it. And so Brock throws it early, and it looks really bad, but I, I really don't think that one's as much on Brock than than maybe some other, you know, bad plays. And he wasn't amazing in this game either, but I, you just can't put all the interceptions on the on the quarterback. And that's one right. where I think uh, a more, just more athletic, even like a slick, because like, Jordan Addison's not a track guy, but he's just slippery and, and quick and something smooth about him. And the 49ers don't have a lot of, we've used this term before, wide receiver wide receivers, you know? And Brandon Ayuk is like, stands out because he's like the only one they have.
2: I think, again, it comes back to, you know, what Kyle Shanahan likes. I do like that you referenced kind of the the interception. And, and I think one thing is that if we were in these meeting rooms, or sometimes we've had access to just hearing sounds. I, I watched a quarterback show with uh, you know Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota and Patrick Mahomes, and I remember Kirk Cousins had threw an interception, and he went straight to Jeff uh, Jefferson, and he's like, you know, you gotta flatten that off. You can't try to drift over the top of the safety. You gotta, you know, flatten it off because that's why I'm, I'm throwing to that spot. And everybody looks at it, just this terrible interception by Kirk Cousins, but in reality it's like, you know, his receiver wasn't on the same page with him, and Cousins was the one that was right, like, flatten that off, we catch it and it's probably a touchdown, so with Juwan Jennings, maybe he gets with uh, Brock Purdy, and Brock Purdy says, hey, don't worry about giving anything at the top Debo, Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, those guys hit it full speed, they break that route off flatten it off, and I throw it right there uh, there was one thing that was very noteworthy, that I want to say maybe Troy, Troy Aikman said yep. and he said, look It's not a guy with a big arm, so he has to play with anticipation. So while we maybe want him to wait a tick longer to get that throw to Jawan Jennings, you know, if he waits a tick longer and somebody else is able to come or if there's a little bit more pressure, maybe he can't drive that throw the way it needs to. So he needs to play with more anticipation, which I think he does more times than not and does it at a very high level. Uh, But if he's going to do that, got to be on the same page with your receivers or you'll have a, a blooper. Like you did in that game yeah. on that interception. Now, a second pick, I don't know what the hell that was. But the first interception, <laughs> it, de- it definitely was something where you could see how you could put some of that blame on on uh, Juan Jennings.
1: Yeah, Aikman was praising Purdy, you know, earlier in the game on that one. You know, oh, look, he's throwing it before he's even out of his cut. He doesn't even – he's not even looking back at the quarterback yet. He looks up, balls in his <laughs> face. He's making the catch. That's a beautiful. And that's a lot of what Purdy does, right? We We've seen that time and time again. He's like, that's the spot be there and yeah Jennings probably didn't he he hasn't played as much that role probably like you said that's probably a Debo route if Debo's in the game he's he's doing that and so he's anticipating Debo's speed and Debo's cut and but you also got to be able to make the adjustment right that wasn't Debo you got to know that that's Juwan Jennings, and maybe you can't put it there until he is free uh, of the the secondary and I, I don't know it just it was it was a mistake couple of mistakes three turnovers we haven't even mentioned the fumble by Christian McCaffrey. It's like Christian McCaffrey's lost two fumbles already this year. That's not great. You don't you don't like that. Nobody's really calling him on it because he keeps scoring touchdowns and he keeps doing awesome stuff, but you can't turn the ball over inside the red zone in back-to-back games and expect to win football games.
0: Yeah, I mean, how different is that game if if the 49ers go down and score right there and a huge momentum shift to start the game and all of a sudden, uh, after a takeaway, you have a giveaway and then they go down and score and now you're down 7 nothing, and you're in a hole instead of being the team that should have been up seven nothing to start the game, so um yeah, a, a, just a lot of a lot of things to clean up, I, I would say. And uh, we'll see what happens. It's, it's it's. I don't think it's overall. There's you know there's some talent things that you could probably shop for at the trade deadline. Maybe next Wednesday we'll do a, a bigger episode on the trade deadline because it'll be right before that. And you know things we just saw the Eagles trade for Kevin Byard. That's a, a playmaker in, in the secondary they just added. That was a huge trade for the Philadelphia Eagles. Could the 49ers add somebody? They already have one of the best rosters in the NFL. And so I I saw a lot of, after this loss, I saw a lot of, man, the 49ers have to draft a cornerback or have to trade for a cornerback. Man, the 49ers have to trade for an offensive tackle. Man, the 49ers have to trade for this. The 49ers have to trade for a pass rusher. I mean, there's 30 teams that would kill for the 49ers roster right now. So it it goes beyond just talent too. So there's just a few things they got to clean up to get back to what they look like in the first five games versus what they've shown in the last couple of games
2: comes to down to making a play. Yeah, make a play. And yeah, the, their, their big dogs didn't didn't do it. And yep. you had one from Trevoris Ward that was awesome on the first drive. But after that, and again, we we talk a lot about Wilkes and the decision to do the all-out blitz. I get it, but man, your guy was in a position to make a play. Ball hit him in the chest. Somebody took the ball away from him. You know. Yep. uh You know that that's an issue when that's that's your highest paid guy, like the highest expectations in the secondary should be on Trevoris Ward to make that kind of play, and, and, and he just didn't. So uh, you could say maybe if another corner was in that same position, he would make the play. But, again, we saw he's capable of doing it because he did it on the first mm-hmm. drive. Uh, Nick Bosa, like, make a play. I don't care if they're giving you a lot of attention. I don't care if they're chipping you. Uh, I'm assuming that Miles Garrett and TJ Watt go through that same thing, and all we do every week is see highlights of them yeah. making plays, sack, getting sacks, forced fumbles, running into the end zone, interceptions, like they're doing it all. And Bosa, you're not like you. It's not about going and get another edge rusher. It's about the guy that you're, you made the highest paid non quarterback in the league making the play. And back to back weeks now, we kind of really haven't really seen that from their big yeah. dogs.
1: A lot of fantasy players out there know all about like, oh, wait, maybe I'm not going to draft this guy because he just got paid. Right. And I let's hope that's not the case with Nick Bosa that he just got paid and he's like, all right, I got paid. I'm all right.
0: Yeah. So maybe time to look in the mirror, coaches, players. And, uh, and start making plays and, and figure it out from within. But they, they might have a space to add maybe one guy to to one of those positions I mentioned.
1: You mentioned the Vikings only punted once. The 49ers only punted once, too. Winks, wish, watch 62-yarder. He's the best.
0: Bombed it. Well, he th- mm-hmm. the Niners never had the ball, so they didn't have very many opportunities to punt as <laughs> so part of it. The or
1: they were scoring oh. or turning it over. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, everybody. missing the field goal.
0: Thanks for making Ah. us your first listen here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're not going to ask Wink to change his predictions, even if it means a loss to the Bengals, because that means they're hoisting a Lombardi, too. That was part of his prediction. So don't come at Wink about his predictions for the 2023 season, even though it might be a little bit of a rough patch. And by the way, Niners were in the NFC Championship game, had a worse record last year at this time than they have right now. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen. Croc and I, back tomorrow, Lockdown 49ers.